0: all right all right um hello my name is erica Verde. i'm a junior and my major is psychology
1: uh, my name is gloria gray i'm in my second year and my major is also psychology um so we decided to focus on the lgbtq plus community and trauma um you know we compiled about three articles that talk about um not just the kind of trauma that the LGBT community might face, but also, you know, the impact that it can have on them, both short and long-term, um, physically, mentally, you know, just overall how it affects them. Um, they also talk, like, briefly discuss, uh, you know, how to identify it, I guess, you know, especially for one of the articles focused on healthcare pratic- practitioners and, you know, how they can identify the types of trauma uh, they've been through. But also, we're going to talk about, you know, like, how we can help people who have been through trauma overcome it, work work through it, um, you know, talk about it, and then eventually, you know, be able to overcome it to a point where you know they can move on with their lives and stop being negatively affected by it. Um, so yeah, we're probably gonna start off with like a definition, uh, you know, of trauma, uh, in case you don't know what that is or don't have like a very um, explicit idea. Um, The American Psychological Association defines trauma as an emotional response to a terrible event or events. Um, It could be a one-time occurrence or like multiple times, Um, you know, so and like immediate responses. Well, first of all, traumatic events are like, you know, um, very shocking. Some like things that might come to mind right away could be like car accidents, um, you know, something more recent and relevant, school shootings, unfortunately um you know aggressions hate crimes based on race gender sexuality um and like immediate responses could include you know like which is like shock first of all you know because obviously it's like something very strong to process Um, and then like more down the road or like long-term responses could be like um you know like a wide range of like unpredictable emotions flashbacks um you know and maybe in like streams and multiple aspects of the um person's life like relationships um you know and just like their overall functioning both like in their everyday life and like cognitive um i don't know if you want to add anything to that erica
0: triggers too
1: true yeah
0: i just remembered right now triggers yeah
1: Yeah, that's true. A lot of them may like face, especially if they've been through like repeated trauma, I believe. um, They have a higher chance of like everyday, like things in their everyday lives being triggers. So, yeah, there's a wide range of like things that the responses can encompass. Um, Yeah, so uh, a little bit more background, I guess. Um, You know, trauma can sometimes lead to can lead, like, victims of these events to, like, engage in, like, behaviors that help them cope with, like, what happened and, you know, like, the emotions evoked by what happened. Um, some of them are, like, they define them as, like, risk, uh, health, risk behavior. So, like, um you know, drinking, like, just substance abuse in general, I believe, um you know, just, like, to, alle- like, alleviate the, like, emotional pain that they have or, like, the um, anything, like, if, if they have, like, flashbacks, anything that accompanies that. Yeah, um, yeah. so I guess we'll just, like, jump right into, um, you know, like, our topic. That, that, that's a little bit of background. Now we're going to jump into, like, our main topic, um, which, like I mentioned, is the LGBTQ plus community and trauma. Um, so what are the articles that we use was let me pull up the title real quick um it was called understanding trauma and supporting resilience with LGBT people of color um and this one this article basically just focused on like the title says the defining the types of trauma that lgbtq people of color might face throughout their lives um you know this can be like in the form of like microaggressions which are like very not necessarily subtle, I would say, but like on the down low, like not direct. I guess you could define like microaggressions are like very indirect um, attacks or like comments on a person's, in this case on a person's sexuality, um, their gender gender identity. Um, and just like, you know, like it could be like a very like offhand like, uh, offhanded comment by somebody you don't even know. Um, you know, like, what's an example? Um, it could be like a gay couple walking down the street holding hands of somebody, and somebody like just passing by and like, you know, like, unfortunately they like do a very, you know, like unnecessary, con- they can make like unnecessary comments or like even just like a look,
0: yeah.
1: you know, like they kind of like shoot them that look, you know, like, oh, you know, like you're doing this in public. Um, you know, it's like, it's like very subtle things. Uh, so those would be microaggressions and macroaggressions on the other hand are like more open and direct attacks, I would say. Um, so for like an example of this, like the first thing that's coming to mind right now is the shooting at P- the Pulse Club. You know, like they, th- I'm pretty sure that was like very open, like because like the club was a like, pr- like pretty well-known um like hang, hang, like hangout place for LGBTQ people. So, you know, it was, but it can be considered a hate crime. That's like, you know, it's I'm pretty sure that it's those kinds of aggressions that have like um, the highest potential for causing trauma for the LGBTQ community. Um, you know, whether they, whether they like uh, experienced it directly or indirectly, um, you know, but they're very strong events that happen. Um, let me see. yeah so that was like one example that came to mind I don't know if you have like any examples
0: I mean I'm, I'm thinking in general so like even with like families I I mean might as well talk about my own experience like specifically with my mom not being very accepting of like me being gay so that that came along with a lot of uh degrading words which also I mean it could be words like as we mentioned words it could be looks it could be certain actions that are done which I totally went through so that's the only thing I can think of right now without the, like that specific uh, macroaggressions and microaggressions
1: yeah yeah and like you know I feel like you can attest to like you know the fact that like they really do leave like a long-lasting impact unfortunately
0: yep childhood trauma for sure
1: yeah um so like now that you bring that up about like you know family that kind of like takes us a step deeper into the article that I brought up about like understanding trauma um the article does talk about like the prevalence of you know like trauma amongst like LGBT people of color um and like you know like who's more likely to suffer from it in what ways I guess you know like where they might experience, like, what are the sources of this trauma? Um, so um, I think the article mentioned. Let me see if I can bring up the quote. Um, it's by uh, Annalise Sign, by the way. So if I quote, I will be using her last name. Um, so Sign mentioned how, you know, like despite the fact that because of their sexuality and also like adding on to that, because they're people of color, they have like a higher chance of like suffering from um macroaggressions that my leave you know like uh, a lasting impact on them um but I think more I don't know how to describe it but like okay uh she mentioned that there's like an intersection between like the multiple aspects of their, like a person's identity so like in this case people of color that's one aspect of their identity then there's like the LGBT aspect of their identity so those intersect um and those are both like what you could consider, I guess, like minorities. Um, so you know, like the intersection of that kind of like puts them at a higher chance of suffering from traumatic experiences, um, and like at the top of the list, I guess, of people who are at a, like are a higher chance of suffering from this. Uh, I think she mentioned was um, transsexual black women. Um, you know, I'll like I'll be like completely honest. I've heard a lot about this. Um, you hear, like, about hate crimes just in general directed towards the LGBTQ community, like, um, I don't know, like, being refused service or something, you know, like, um, it's like a lesbian couple who want a wedding cake or something, Um, but it's just, like, rejection of service, but then you hear about, like, the, I guess, crimes, almost, yeah, yeah, literal like, literal crimes or attacks that are aimed towards trans women, Black trans women, Um, and it's, like, just murders. Um, like in my experience, you know, like I, my friend, like have, I have a friend who talks a lot about this, um, and like she mentions, you know, like you know, you know, like do you, like do you have an idea of like how many black trans women of trans women are killed every year? And it's like, you know, you don't really hear about it, of course, because the news don't really focus on that. But you know, when you like actually like do you re- do research, um, you find that like yeah, they're often like you know, attacked. Um, so like, you know, they're the ones that are like at a higher risk of suffering from traumatic experiences. Um, and I think sign also mentioned that like they're also the least likely to seek help, um, whether it's like medical, like uh, for like for physical uh, reasons or just like mental um, help to process the trauma. So, you know, like obviously there's a lot of. Um, I guess like problems with that, um, you know, like the fact that like, well, I think it was they mentioned that it was because they were not sure whether it would help, like they would actually try to help them, you know, like the practitioners. Um, so all that reason, like another problem, but we can discuss that later on. Um, so what was saying? So yeah, so like what you mentioned about like you know like macroaggressions, especially amongst your family, kind of goes into the aspect of like where can trauma come from for LGBTQ people. So, you know, you mentioned family. I don't know if you wanna like, elaborate on that a little bit. Like, it doesn't have to be like a personal experience, but it can also be like just, you know, what you might've read. Um,
0: my article actually does not talk about like a specific. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I actually had another other article that I used, uh, not for this it was for a whole other assignment that so specifically with me my family so we're talking about me the article had brought up that in like Latino households which is like you know it's very common uh Latinos aren't very uh accepting like it's not you know the whole stigma with mental health and stuff let alone so yeah the article had discussed that specifically like, like a Latino household They're very against, um, obviously, like I said, mental health, but just understanding the issues that come with like how they could, you know, your family could treat you, basically. So like for like, yeah, for me specifically, my mom didn't really understand the childhood trauma that was like handed to me, you know, all the stuff that I went through. So, I mean, if we're doing examples, like um, just a lot about like, I guess my appearance, appearance and the way uh, just just in general, liking the same sex was a problem. So I had a lot of like comments of it not being normal, being told that I'm not normal. So stuff like that, because it was not, not something my mom or let alone my whole family was accustomed to, because like I said, as Latinos, like it's not a, like a, a normal thing. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or if you want me to elaborate more.
1: No, oh, yeah, like that makes sense. Um, like you know, should to like tie that into like the article that I mentioned. Um, yeah, like they do mention like families can be like one of the main sources of like, I mean, not sources, but like of a stressor. Or like, like you know, like you mentioned, like cause of trauma, um, primarily due to like, you know, what you said about like rejection. If like a child, a child comes out as you know, like anything that's not straight. And, you know, it's seen as wrong in their culture, whether it's like because of, um, you know, the standards, like just from like in the country, like gender norms or um, even like the religion that ties into it. You know, uh, you know, if the, either way, if it goes against that and they're rejected, then obviously it's going to be a really big source of trauma for LGBTQ people.
0: See, Yeah, the fact that you brought up religion, you just reminded me. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I could talk mostly about the things I've experienced. Um, I grew up in a uh, JW, so Jehovah's Witness household, from my mom's side of the family. And it was very, like, enforced. Like, it was, oof, you need to, this is what you're doing, nothing more. And obviously, I was a kid, so I didn't really know any better. I was like, all right, this is what we're doing, cool. Then I got older, started realizing, you know, I'm not as religious, you know, I'm finding my own my own things that's just kind of how life works. But so having of like my my mom specifically bring me up that way and steering a whole other direction of not being religious for one and then just coming out what's like completely against, you know, like Christians it's like ooh you know it's a lot. So that's also what I had to deal with because clearly it was a lot of like oh this, this is not normal because obviously God made a man and a woman and that's that's all it is it's not woman and woman it's not man and man or you know you know a bunch of different um like a variety of things it's 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 not and I think you also mentioned stressors I think you said something with stressors along with people but I I find it not funny but like interesting like funny but interesting at the same time that I like okay so how do I explain this I had to experience more of my trauma and, like, the rejection and just the, um, not even, like, not bullying, but just the comments and all that from more so my mom than even, like, the outside world. Like, I didn't, I didn't have to, experience, like, I never once experienced that in, like, school for being judged for who I, like, who I am or for... However, my parent appearance happens to be, like no one ever really cared, which is I think you know, our generation is completely way more open minded mm-hmm. yeah. compared to like, yeah, our parents' generations. It's not normal, like I said. So I never once ever experienced it in the outside world. So like you mentioned how uh trans, trans women, uh, which is a very, very touchy subject. Very touchy because you know, it's a whole different thing. Um yeah. So yeah, so for me, like, I can't really relate on a trans woman experiencing many different things because I know there is a bunch of crimes and there's a lot of disrespect and like mm-hmm. people not, you know, they'll they'll call it what they want to call it, not with what, not with what they want and what they should respect. They do whatever they want and that's, that's what's wrong. So it just made me think like, wow, for me, I didn't experience it outside, but in my own house, I actually, I experienced everything. So
1: yeah yeah and that's actually like you hit like right on the like you hit the nail right on the head about like what my article is about Mm -hmm. um you know like what science article is about because like she mentions you know um like I was saying like not only does she mention the sources of possible sources of trauma for LGBTQ people but also um you know like what can serve as like resilience for them to overcome that trauma and it's interesting that she mentions how you know what we were talking about like both religion family community can be the sources of that trauma like potential sources of that trauma or they can be the source of resilience for them so like you know in you and i's case which is like how we bond um you know like what we have in common that we were both raced in like a very like very religious households like it's ironic because they were they were both very Jehovah's Witnesses um and like for you know in case someone who's listening to this doesn't isn't you know like 100% informed on what Jehovah's Witnesses believe when it comes to same-sex relationships they are fully opposed against them you know like they don't um I think their logic is you know if you're already a part of your organization then um you know it's like, it's not okay that you're feeling this. So just keep it to yourself. It's like, you know, like it's fine, but don't act on it.
0: Which is so wrong. And that's now yeah. that you're that up too, that's literally how it is with me. Like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, even to this day, my mom's very like, yeah, okay, yeah. a few years passed. I accept you. Cool. I love you. But like, don't show it. And it's even like, you may think like, yeah, my mom is very accepting. Like, all right, well, cool. not to the extent where I would wish, but like, just all right I got it you're you're that way you're gay whatever but it's even the comments like that you may think things are a little bit okay but then they'll just be like all right you can be you can be this way you can like this is literally how my mom says it verbatim you can be this way I'm not telling you not to but like just don't show it too much you know like and it's that's where oh that's the trauma right there like what's wrong with me nothing's wrong with me if I want to show myself a certain way I should but that's literally how JWs are yeah you
1: and you have to hide yourself basically be who yeah. you're not yeah, yeah. So, okay. and of course yeah and like of course it isn't to like you know offend anybody who is a part of the religion and who the, like the religion works for like again it works for my parents I'm you know personally it doesn't work for me I was just in it for 13 years um didn't work out for me still in the process of like you know leaving that behind but it works for my parents and I 100% respect that so like just like a like disclaimer you know Um, but like, you know, like I mentioned, it's like the, like, you know, the religion can be like a source of trauma, like you mentioned, you know, very like not accepting of a person's sexuality, like an LGBTQ person, um, person's sexuality, but at the same time, it can be like a source of, but on the other side, for other people, it can be a sort of source of um, resilience for them to overcome trauma that comes from other, um, I guess like sources, um, same thing for family. Like, you know, like um, it can be the source of trauma if your family rejects you, if you're an LGBTQ person of color and you're rejected when you come out, you know, source of trauma. Uh, same thing for religion, community as well. You know, there's that fear, um, you know, they're like, okay, they, they rejected you for who you are. So, you know, it's, it's terrifying, you know, you kind of just lose all the connections that you had. And then, you know, you kind of like left on your own. Um, on the other hand, like as sign explained, um, it can be a source of resilience. So some people do come out and their families are like 100% supportive of, supportive of it. Um, and let's say they were to suffer an aggression from somewhere like some other stories. The family serves as like a place for the person to ref- like take refuge in and like fall back and like, you know, get the support and s- emotional and just like support to c- overcome that um, encounter or like even multiple encounters, same thing for religion um I actually have a friend who's like you know her church is like very open and accepting um and she recently came out as bisexual and you know her church is like very accepting of it um so like it's in those cases where I can see like you know okay both church and community can really serve as like a source of for LGBTQ people of color to like you know draw on for resilience and to overcome their um you know like other I guess like traumatic experiences they may encounter throughout their life um, and also to like, I guess, develop like coping like healthy coping strategies instead of like, you know, like I mentioned, um, unhealthy coping mechanisms that will like, they may carry on, carry out just through like, you know, a bit like a big chunk of their lifetime. Um, yeah, so that's like a little bit on, um, you know, the type of trauma that, that LGBTQ people, are called, like just LGBTQ people in general might face um you know where it might come from and also like we already dipped a little bit into like how they might overcome that so like support systems um I don't know if you want to like add add anything onto that
0: um I was I was looking at my article because you brought up the other portion about what they you know the trauma that they would experience Mm -hmm. but like also I guess like my article also talks about like I I had mentioned to you earlier so like the mental and physical health problems but they also said that OG, the LGBTQ plus community uh, deals a lot with like child abuse too. Mm-hmm. So, and like a lot of very, very physical action being done to them for the fact of, you know, if they're gay, bi, trans, you know. So that that it just reminded me right now because you just brought it up about other things that they experience. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see let something, something else. A lot of PTSD symptoms, too, yeah. from the, the childhood abuse and all, everything that they've experienced. Um,
1: yeah. And I guess we learned in the, you know, throughout the class of semester is that PTSD can have, like, you know, severely impact a lot of aspects of the person's life. Um, yeah. yeah
0: yeah my, my article also talked about substance abuse and like sexual relations as unhealthy coping mechanisms as well because I know that's also what we had learned about that from a video that we watched that said that those are like the the ways that they cope with it even though they're not healthy but it's just kind of what it, it led to yeah
1: yeah yeah and it's actually like what not like my second article talked about too um you know um they kind of look into like the uh, responses that LGBTQ, then specifically they focus on LGBTQ youth. Um, So like you mentioned, you know, it's like um, a lot of them may undergo like a lot of things when they're younger, if they come out when they're young, Um, you know, it's like the type of things they might, I guess, not experience, but like the effects of, you know, following traumas, like we already mentioned like possible, you know, like traumatic, traumatic experiences they might have. So like now as for their responses, um, you know, you mentioned like risky behavior, like sexual activity. And I think like in this article, they had mentioned how um, I have like the quote where it says like uh, several decades of research have shown that LGBTQ youth consistently use and abuse risky substances at a rate nearly three times out of straight youth. So like, you know, um, going back to like substance abuse, it's a very... I um, guess like recurred coping mechanism when they don't have the proper resources to address their trauma. Um, and like you mentioned, sexual activity as well. Um, like the same article mentions how like, um, yeah, according, according to a report from the Centers of, uh, for Disease Control and Prevention, um, assessing risky sexual behaviors, and it was, this was in like 2015, LGBTQ youth have intercourse before the age of 13 at a rate that is four times higher than straight youth. Um, and I think there was another, um, uh, statistic that they mentioned about how, like, um, those that have been through, have experienced a lot of stressful, um, I guess experiences related to their sexuality tend to engage in, um, higher rates of risk sexual behavior as well to, like, you know, like, cope with those experiences. Um, you know, so like this is basically like an example of what happens when, um, you know, like trauma goes untreated in LGBTQ people. Um, I don't know if like your article like mentions anything else about, like, uh, you mentioned it has, um, you know, like, I like, guess coping mechanisms, whether they're un- unhealthy. Um, I don't know if your article mentioned anything about, like, pro- like you know, like replacements for all those coping mechanisms.
0: no mine was more like all right here are the facts (laughs) this is this is what it is no it didn't yeah i didn't really talk about oh here this is how to heal in ways that are better you know like in coping with it it just was like lgbtq plus like this is what they deal with this is what for sure like there's you know research is showing that they experience you know like traumatizing events and that's it and uh, the specifics like i had already mentioned and things that they will go through but mm-hmm. not like specifically what, like it's better for them to cope, like have to cope. That, that that's not what my article said.
1: <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like I think mine, my, it kind of like dips. It, my second article kind of dips into that. um So I'm asking because like you know like I also don't want to like ramble on. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, the same article, you know, like lists the, um I guess like, I guess you could label them as unhealthy coping mechanisms and the negative effects of untreated trauma. And then it also mentions like possible solutions, I guess, or like resources that can be provided for LGBTQ, the LGBTQ community to overcome that trauma in a healthy way. Um, So, let's see. So, you know, for like people, like LGBTQ people who undergo like rejection, prejudice, um, again, traumatic experiences, like family separation, you know, so like social, sti- like the stigma that accompanies, you know, like not conforming to the, heter- um, so like, so you know, like heteronormative gender standard, um, you know, and also like financial hardships, homelessness, if they're like kicked out when they come out, like all of that is just like, you know, adding on to a trauma. And, you know, like as you learn in the class, and that goes untreated, it's not the best outcome. Um, so, like, the article kind of touches on, like, what can we do? You know, like, uh, obviously, that raises a question of what can be done to make sure that, like, LGBTQ people don't um, go on, and, you know, like, they don't go their entire life without with untreated trauma. Um, and the article mentions how, like, there's multiple ways that, like, um, this can be addressed, I guess. Uh, one of the, like, most, I guess, uh, promising ones is... Uh, just like helping them develop proper support systems. Like, even if it's not their family, you know, or like, um, yeah, like in case where like, they might've been like rejected by their family, but like even something like community-based, you know, like I mentioned, that can be a source of like resilience for them. Um, So like my second article mentioned how, like the establishment of social and support systems for, Um, LGBTQ people to rely on can help a lot. Um, Let me see if I can find the exact quote.
0: Um, You had had also said that, like, in terms of healthy coping mechanisms, is to, like, not have it untreated. And, I mean, I guess the biggest example is, like, you i mean obviously if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to talk about it but you come from a background that's obviously similar to mine maybe not the, not the you know like the degrading words and like the child abuse scene, like child abuse thing but you actually went to therapy or are still going to therapy so like you have your you know your The things you've gone through, the things that I've gone through, I'm here still running with no, no therapy. So like, I guess you can say it's not treated, but like it's, I, for me, I don't think it's like severe, but maybe that's just also in my head, you know, but maybe to me, it's not as severe, but it probably is. But I just never, I never went to therapy. So like how, I mean, from your experience, is therapy helping you from the stuff that you went through? Because, you know, we both went through like religion and then obviously, you know, being in the community, that's a whole different thing. So I don't know if it, out, you know,
1: helps you. Yeah. So like, yeah, we, we kind of like, uh, before I answer your question, like you do kind of like check all the boxes of, um, not all of them, but like, you know, like potential sources of trauma, I guess. Um, like, you know, like personally, I'm not out to my family. Um, that's how it is sometimes, you know, so like for some, like for reasons of safety, obviously, but you know, like, um, yeah, like if I were to come out, you know, best case scenario, best case scenario, um, it, it would be, you know, like obviously rejection, shared rejection from family, community, and religious, uh, religious community. So like, you know, just all around, um, stressors and no support or a source of resilience other than my friends. Um but like to answer your question about therapy, like eh, it's definitely helped. Um, you know, it's really helped me, I guess, work through I guess you would call it a dilemma that I have of like, you know, like um being myself and losing my family or like not being myself and keeping my family, you know, like obviously I'm not the only LGBT like person that has to go through that. Like so many people have to face this every day. Um but you know like even just having somebody to talk to about this without having the worry of being judged helps so much you know and like that touches um you know like with the sense of like the sense um the approach that i was mentioning how like you know just having somebody um for lgbtq people to rely on you know when it comes to like um talking about their experiences um and creating that like sense of safety in a community that like that could definitely help a lot, you know, um, keep them from engaging in like, you know, turning to like harmful substances to, you know, cope with whatever emotions these experiences evoke. Um, Yeah, like, yeah, it just just really helps. And like, I can see where um, the authors of the second article, who were McCormick, Scheidt, and uh, Terrazas you know, they, like, really place an emphasis on the sense of, you know, establishing community, so, like, I can see where they're coming from, you know, like, even though my, like, my personal community isn't that big, it's literally just my circle of friends and my therapist, um, you know, but, like, even just that circle of, like, six, seven people has been a really big source of comfort for me, um, you know, and I am like, you know, it's, like, a good thing to not, something I've learned in, like, my other psychology classes, like, You know, we can't generalize that this will always work for everybody because, you know, everybody's different. We come from the same culture, same background, but, you know, like not accept the same things of each, like, you know, every single aspect of the culture. Um, And obviously, like, not everything, everything is going to, not the same, the same thing is not going to work for everybody. Um, But, you know, if there's like at least the hope that it will provide at least some sort of relief and, like, um, you know, like, um, a, way for LGBTQ people to overcome, or at least start to acknowledge and work towards overcoming their trauma, then, you know, um, it's definitely something that like needs to be not worked on, but like, you know, pushed to be established and like become widespread so that we can reduce the, um, you know, the likelihood of LGBTQ people growing up with untreated trauma.
0: I mean, it only gets worse, is what I've, what I've also heard, is it just continues to get worse, because obviously, if you don't treat it, you're just kind of sticking with the, the same thing. I mean, even if it's not, like, LGBT community, just mental health in general, you don't treat it, you get older, you start, like, I mean, I, I like, people from my family, you know, in a whole different topic, it's just, like, you don't treat it. You're, you're, a lot of like depression in my family and just toxic behaviors and stuff so it's like I guess I can see what happens if you really don't treat it
1: yeah so when you're in, yeah when you internalize all of that all of those experiences it's harmful mm-hmm. you know um and like it's like there's only so much of it that you can keep in before like you know starts to spill out I guess um <laughs> and affect you and those around you yeah. um yeah, which, like, just raises more the importance of, like, how, um, important, you know, like, the importance of, like, acknowledging that this is, like, a real problem, not problem, like, a real thing, um, you know, that needs to be talked about, like, um, I guess, like, it also varies by culture, too, um, like, you mentioned, like, Hispanic in Hispanic and uh, Latino culture it's very taboo to even talk about therapy, um, you know, because the minute you put them, you seek them, like you tell somebody you're seeking a therapist and like, oh, maybe you get put on medication and like, oh, so you're crazy. <laughs> it was what I'm hearing, you know? Um, and it's like, no, I'm not crazy. You know, like this is something that, you know, like everybody has, like a lot of people have to deal with, but, you know, it's just not like, not just that, but it like the sense of like resilience, I get not resilience. Um, But like, there's the idea of like, if you can't overcome something by yourself, then, you know, like you really don't have, you must be weak you know and i feel like that's further like enforced especially amongst men not as much about women uh with women because you know like women are unfortunately seen as being very emotional um so it's less the stigma is less for women but it's very strong for men um you know they're kind of seen as like uh a rock that everybody has to that everybody can hold on to when you know things get rough and that's like unwavering which very toxic you know because then like um it's like like that idea of like oh yeah do they just rely on themselves to not solve their problems but like you know um like it it places them in like this um dilemma of like you know like they're they're strong but if they're strong then they shouldn't really need have the need to seek help if that makes sense um
0: it's really gentle
1: yeah yeah like, it, just, it, it, it increases the toxicity around like all of that like yeah. type of thinking um and you know like uh yeah it's so like it's not like not just for lgbtq people like the lgbtq community just like um just people in general like you mentioned it's very important for them to have like some sort of support system or like community to, you know, like address your trauma and start working through it. No,
0: I agree.
1: Yeah. And like, this is like a very, like, obviously, it's like a very, like, heavy conversation topic. And it could go on for hours, I'm not going to lie. Um, yep. You know, like, endless examples of like personal experiences. Um, but, you know, it's just like just like recap I guess since like we're kind of um touched like all the points we wanted to touch upon you know like a recap like there's like so many sources of potential sources of trauma for the LGBTQ community um and like those sources can be like very close to home it could be your family it could be or it could be just somebody you don't know at all um you know again, they can be like very subtle things or like like microaggressions or macroaggressions where it's just straight up, um, you know, they op- openly express their, you know, dislike or disgust of the LGBTQ people. Um, and like, you know, so at the same time, what for one person might be a source of trauma could also be a source of support. Or for them to like you know like practice or like reinforce their resilience and ability to push through this um and like we said that kind of just brings up the um not solution but like you know the idea of like you know if we want to reduce the likelihood of lgbtq people not seeking help not yeah like the rates of lgbtq people who don't seek help for the trauma then you know we can start a good starting point would be, you know, establish like community um, organizations, I guess you could call them, you know, for them to turn towards to, like turn to when they feel like they don't have anything else. Um, and, you know, like, they're like, it's like, a, I feel like that would be like a good starting point for this, you know, to like address that problem.
0: And just have the world be so loving. <sighs> what a wish wish for the world to be loving accepting everyone not everyone is you know not going to be the same but
1: um. yeah but we can work towards it so
0: yeah i mean in our uh, our crazy world yes hopefully Uh, but yeah i agree yeah
1: yeah i'm sure like you know obviously like we can at least do our part and like educate people about this too, which is also like another important thing, completely different conversation, but you know, just being able, like educating people on the effects of trauma and, you know, even like just ourselves, like try to develop our own, I guess, community where we like we can turn to, to feel safe. Um, yeah, but that's basically our discussion. And thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you for listening.